We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. The best way to learn a language? Immersion. Living where the language is spoken and using it every day. But if that's not in the cards this year, you can still learn a language the second best way. And that's with Babbel. Be a better you in 2024 with Babbel, the science-backed language learning app that actually works. Don't pay hundreds of dollars for private tutors or waste hours on apps that don't really help you speak the language. Babbel's quick 10-minute lessons are handcrafted by over 200 language experts and help you start speaking a new language in as little as three weeks. Babbel's designed by real people for real conversations, and their tips and tools are approachable, accessible, rooted in real-life situations, and delivered with conversation-based teaching, so you're ready to practice what you've learned in the real world. Here's a special limited-time deal for our listeners. Right now, get up to 60% off your Babbel subscription at babbel.com slash bluewire. That's 60% off at babbel.com slash bluewire, spelled B-A-B-B-E-L dot com slash bluewire. Rules and restrictions apply. What is going on, guys? Welcome back to another episode of Talking Halos. I'm your host today, Jared Timms, and I'm joined alongside my co-hosts, my partners in crime, Brock Davis and Nate Green. Fellas, how we doing? We're doing the salutes now, too. I like it. 
and your red, white, and blued out already. Both of you guys are. I don't have anything. Jeez. Both of you guys are got the USA stuff on for the USA game that uh, that would have already been played. This art, this uh, podcast going to come out right after this, right after this, right after the game is played. Okay. We're putting this out. Okay? okay. So when you guys are watching this, USA is either won or lost. You were either in a good mood or bad mood. I have a feeling they're going to win. Um, but it's, oh no. Again. You can't say that. You <laughs> of all people it. can't I've say that. Said. Way to go. I've already so, said it. No matter what, it's sure it's fault. We already know it's my fault. We already know. So with that being said, don't forget to subscribe to this podcast wherever you are listening or watching. What's up, YouTube? Follow myself on Twitter, Jared underscore Tim's, Brock at BDROX8, and Nate at Nate Green 34 Don't forget to follow us on all of our social medias. Um, sweet. Let's get it rolling here, guys. Uh, big... Big, I don't know if it was press conference, but uh, I guess you can technically call it a press conference. Uh, Artie Moreno spake, spoke to the local media for the first time in three years. I like to throw out this little story as well. Um, I was at the last Angels game that he was at, you know, that we know he was at, or he probably was at maybe a couple. Not of, spring training related. Not spring training, like at Angel Stadium. I remember they were inducting somebody into the hall, the Angels Hall of Fame. Might have been, whose lever the last one was, was it Finley? Salmon? Salmon, salmon sounds right. Salmon Anderson. He actually showed. I, I don't know who the, whoever the last ones were because he was speaking or handing out awards. Vladdy could have been Vlad. Could have been talking Vlad. I think it like was Vladdy. Vlad and like the actual Hall of Fame. You know they could have been doing something for him, but um, but already showed up late. I remember sitting in the upper deck and you can see his car pull up through. It was op- it was opening day too, so it was something weird was going on. An opening series. Um, Artie's car pulls pulls up. You can see it pulling up, and they like you know obviously rush him. And the game's delayed because Artie has taken taken so long to get to the um, get to the stadium. There was traffic because it was opening week, and there were a lot of people coming in. Um, but I always like to throw that tidbit out there because of everything that Artie Moreno has, in a sense, uh, you know, I don't want to say put the Angels through, but um, you know, good good that he has talked to the local media. The local media had been. Had been asking for it um, for quite some time now. Sam, Jeff, Rhett, Sarah, um, fantastic crew that uh, that that do all that stuff. So, um, with that being said, I want to kind of break down a couple of these articles. Uh, Jeff, Sam, and Rhett came out with one. Obviously, Sports Illustrated came out with one earlier in the week. I want to. I want. I want thoughts first on everything Artie Moreno. I don't want to beat a dead horse but we are going to talk about Artie Moreno these next two podcasts and just kind of get a couple different thoughts and see kind of where everything everything goes um so Brock thoughts on these articles was there anything that you you took away I know you I, I had you know you took some notes on on a couple of these articles you know any key things you want to you want to bring up I also have some quotes that I want to bring up Nate um not negative anymore Nate I know you want to talk about some stuff as well so let's just uh, let's get going let's get chatting brock how do you how you feeling with this yeah i mean i did write down some stuff uh specifically from the oc register the the jeff's article and then the sports illustrated one um i find certain things in here i don't want to say hypocritical but almost as for lack of a better term like i'll believe it when i see it type thing um but I'll just, I'll, I'll blast some off here that I found interesting that we can dig into whatever you guys want to dig into. Uh, but these are some. So he talked about 100% willing to go over the luxury tax to keep Otani. 
if Otani wants to stay, he said that multiple times. Jeff quoted him saying, well, Otani has to want to be here just like Trout wanted to be here. And that's why Trout signed with us. So interesting. This one was pretty interesting to me where I don't remember if this was a direct quote or not. I think it was, but it said not in a position to compete payroll wise. And I also wrote that he's not only the 12th richest owner as of January of 23. Okay. The Blue Jays and the Mets are the only teams like net worth wise for the ownership group that are like well further in their own galaxy than everyone else. Like Mets and Blue Jays are way, way high. Like I think it's like 11 and 13 billion or something is the net worth. And everyone else between third and 14th owners are like right in that same ballpark of like six to 3 billion. So I find it odd that you're going to say that you can't compete payroll rise when really all he's talking about is Cohen. It's all he's talking about. That's it. So anyways, I thought that was kind of a stupid thing to say. Hold on real quick. Let's, let's go back to the first thing. Cause I want to bring it, I want to bring up that quote. That was one of the first things that I, um, the Otani one. Yeah. The Otani one, the, the, the quote is he, he's arguably the most unique player and, and probably one of the, the top five or 10 players that can be questioned as well. Top five or 10 players. He's probably the best player, if not top three player in baseball yeah, three for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Right now, which well, is fine. You could, you could read that quote so many ways. You could, you could yeah. say he was talking about of all time. Like j- just yeah. don't hammer yeah, right now. Yeah. There's- no, that, that's fine. That's fine. And I, 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 I could see that too. We're going to, we're going to sit down. Otani has to want to be here too. It's two way street. It's like the Mike trout. It's like the Mike. <laughs> it's like with Mike. Should I say, I spent a lot of time with Mike. I said, you have, to make a decision and it has to be when where you and your family want to be once we sit down with the agent nez otani has to figure out this is where he wants to be so i i kind of honestly like in a sense i kind of tipped the cap to Artie there you know it, it sounds there are so many ways to digest this because i look at it as like Artie's almost throwing in the white flag in a sense I look at it one way that way. I also look at it as like, oh, well, Artie's giving him a chance like to to talk. And then the very next quote that that came out, and this is from Rhett's article in LB.com, says, on if they started any extension talks, quote, we haven't. So that's the part where it's like, you know, we're throwing in the white flag almost. Like it, it, they, we're not bringing back Otani right now. It's not, extension isn't happening because if an extension was happening, they would be talking Otani. So at the moment, it just it just kind of feels like Artie's being as nice as possible to Artie, to, to um, Otani. I think he's being realistic on the matter. Like he's not trying to force it down uh, Otani's throat. Like, oh, you have to stay. Like we're, we're keeping you no matter what. There's no way you're leaving. Like he understands that this is not only his decision uh, from Artie's perspective, like Otani has to want to stay. This isn't something that Artie can just be like, oh, I'm just going to throw money at you and you're going to stay. It's like, no, every team's going to throw money at you. Every team is going to make similar offers. Uh, maybe the Mets go a little bit higher than everyone else, but for the most part, they're all going to be in about the same price range and it's going to be up to Art or up to Otani. So I, I really think that he's just being realistic and like trying to um temper expectations because he doesn't want to come out and be like oh we're for sure signing him this and that and then when he doesn't sign in the offseason because you know he he likes the Dodgers or he likes the Mets or he likes the Yankees better then you don't have the fans 
screaming and yelling at Artie going, you said we were going to sign him. You said we were going to sign him and he didn't sign. So I think he's actually doing himself a favor and like kind of tempering expectations of like, Hey, we're going to do everything we can, but it's not just me. You know, it, it, it takes two to tango here. Well, it's, it's really interesting. And I know uh, Brock, you, you read this with a Jeff, uh, with Jeff Fletcher's article here. Uh, I mean, this is a quote straight from straight from that article. Somebody is going to outspend us by a hundred million, two hundred million dollars. There's nothing you can do. Moreno said, "We're not in the position to lose a hundred million dollars. You can't start losing fifty million or a hundred million dollars a year and keep the business." So, from a business perspective, and also from like a realistic perspective too, like you can't build a team by spending that much money. And then also the business perspective perspective of well, we're not going to be able to throw 50 to $100 million at this guy, you know, year extra. in and year out. I yeah. think it's the extra, you know, like I think if everyone comes in at 400 and, you know, the Mets come in at 500 and, you know, Artie gets the phone call from uh, Otani's agent and says, hey, we wanted to stay, but the Mets are offering 500 and you guys are off offering four. So we're going to have to take the Mets, but you have a chance to match it. And I think Artie's basically saying like, hey, I'm not going to go the extra hundred million. If it's 10, 20 million and he's and he gets asked to match, I think he matches. But if it's a hunt fifty to a hundred million, like what the Mets or Dodgers could do to them, then that I think again, he's setting himself up for making sure that he tells everyone, hey, we want him back. I'm gonna do everything I possibly can, but I'm not gonna be stupid about this decision and throw all this money at one guy when I could possibly you know, lose money. And we already know from the Sports Illustrated article that he lost money his first couple of years as Angel's owner, just trying to get the business back running correctly. So he doesn't want to go back to that standpoint. So I don't know. I think I think he, he did a really good job with answering both those questions, trying to say like, hey, we're going to do everything we can. It is not anything that I can control. You know, this is up to Shohei. And if he wants to stay, we're going to give him a package to stay. But it's not up to it's not up to us. So I think he did a really good job, honestly. Yeah. Brock, you have anything to add on that on that standpoint of Shohei Otani? Because, again, yeah, that uh, like we're, we're talking. Sorry, let me let me add this in, too, because I was thinking about it as you were saying it. I, I apologize. Let me add this in. When it comes to the Otani side of things, it sounds like they're at a dollar figure right now with where they feel comfortable signing him next year, or at least offering, right? And like the whole, um, the whole uh, Scott Boris thing article, or not article, but the whole Scott Boris video that had been out there for a little while from the former uh, Marlins GM. I can't think of who it is at the moment, but um, saying like, oh, hey, we're willing to start here. You know, let's throw in some numbers there, you know, and, you know, at least you can have some conversations. feels like the Angels have a, you know, a, a realistic, good figure that they feel comfortable signing him to at the moment. And obviously that could change this year going into next offseason. But that's 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 what I feel like it it sounds like there. And they're, you know, I, I don't know if extension talks will ever happen. You know, it might just have to wait until the uh, till free agency. So, Brock, you got anything else to add on to this? Not really. I think it just kind of like Nate said, the realisticness, which I'm not sure if that's a word or not, but the realisticness I think is kicking in with Artie and kicking in with a lot of the people that really want Otani to stay. Um, I think that's kind of the market that we've seen, especially developed since the, the, the new union contract where, you know, the, the luxury tax thresholds are going up, which speaking of Artie was one of the four owners in major league baseball to vote against the raising of the luxury tax thresholds. And there's a reason for that. 
Um, so I think the realisticness of potentially losing Otani because, you know, there is a good chance we get outbid 50 to a hundred million dollars, like Nate said, and in a certain light, as much as I would love to keep Otani spending 40, 50 million plus on one player, it, it's detrimental to the roster, no matter how you look at it, unless you have an owner like Cohen, that's careless, I guess is maybe the right word. Um, but I mean, it, it's, it's a drop in the bucket. What is, what it seems like to, to Steve Cohen's uh, empire net worth team revenue, all of those things. So, and I, and I don't think the angels are necessarily in that same boat as I wish we were. So um, honestly, at this point, I'm kind of just a, Hey, let's, let's make sure we enjoy this season with Otani. And if Artie can work something out, we don't get outbid, then we'll work something out. If not, then uh, let's just enjoy this season. Yeah, I think that's what all Angels Angels fans should do, and baseball fans in general, because you don't know when, you know, Otani might not be playing one of these positions anytime soon. So, um, second note, Brock, what was that second note? We're going off your notes today. I like it. Um, are you talking about the the payroll wise one or moving on? Um, the payroll wise, what was that? Oh, that was the one where I said that. Um, I just thought it was funny that he said not in a position to compete because it was really it's just Cohen. Um, yes. Well, no, that's actually super interesting that you bring that up too. Mm-hmm. Because this is something that, you know, we, I think everybody has kind of talked about. Is, is this me applauding Artie for being smart? As weird as this sounds, like Artie okay. knowing that this team isn't going to compete year in and year out. So why spend money on it? You know, like, oh, we're spending a certain amount, but like, is this team actually going to compete? You know, is Nate, does that sound weird to you? You kind of get no, I, I get what you're saying, but but I think it's, it, I think it goes a different way, and I think it goes back to when Steve Cohen got voted in to be an owner, and w- and when you look at that, Artie was one of two guys who voted Steve Cohen. Not I believe it was two, right? Him and Baltimore. Yeah, um, they Elias. both they both voted for him not to be an owner. <clears throat> Excuse me. So I I think part of it goes back to that, where it's like, hey. W- when I when I bought a team, I understood that I was going to be one of the top eight richest guys in this thing. And I understood we were all gonna spend this amount of money. But are you crying talking about no, our, no, yes, you I, are. just choking right now? <laughs> yes, you, yeah, go uh, ahead, go take a drink of water, come back. It's fine. I'll no, get no. Brock's thoughts if you want. I think you're right. choking on swallowing your are you pride crying about Artie, Artie? But no, not at all. <laughs> wow. Um, no, no. So I, I I just think it's one of those things though where like we're we're going back to the Steve Cohen thing again. And like he's just really saying, like, hey, I didn't want this guy, and this is why I didn't want it. Because now everyone expects all of us to spend three, four, five hundred million when like realistically, you can't survive a business spending that much money on what we make. Yes, he can do it because one, he's making even more money than that. Two, he's getting he's getting forty thousand people at every single game. Like, that's a big, big thing. Like, he's getting people to the ballpark. And the Angels really haven't been getting people to the ballpark as much as some of these bigger franchises. The Dodgers have been up there. The Angels, I think, are top 10. You got to win. Yeah. Winning winning solves a lot of problems. So, I think the Angels are in the top 10 to 15, which is okay. But, like, for a team who's spending as much money as they do, they're playing in Southern California. They're typically a good baseball team. Always good weather. Things like that. It's, like, easy to get to the ballpark. And it's relatively cheap. Like, I think Jared and I went to a game last year for $2. Like, literally $2. So, 
it's not like they're they're killing you and yeah we sat in the upper deck but we didn't really care hot dog prices are getting a little expensive but i mean tickets yes get into the game Yeah, you can get into the game and so yeah i think he's really just throwing another shot at cohen like hey we don't want this guy here because we it makes all of us look bad and like i think the more steve cohen does the worse that the pirates look the worse that some of these you know teams that don't want oakland the worst tampa bay looks the worst um, those type of teams look because it's like he spent $10 million on a fourth outfielder who spends $10 million on a fourth outfielder. Steve Cohen did the A's don't even have a guy who's worth $10 million. So like, it's just making guys look worse. And I think that's more of already just throwing more shade of like, Hey, we didn't want this yo-yo in here. We wanted to continue to run the business. Like we were where we're going to compete with everyone else, but we're just, we're just getting out. We're getting out. Uh, I don't want to say we're getting out spent, but we're we're just getting out. Like, I don't even know what the right word is because it, it you can't even use. Maybe. You, you, yeah, maybe out resource is the right word, but it, it's just really tough on him. And so I I think it goes back to Cohen. I I don't think it goes to like oh the I don't think the Angels can compete because I think if Artie's honest with himself, a roster with. Shohei Otani and Mike Trout on it should be competing every year with health, like if healthy. So, well, well, okay. So hang on real quick. You you go back to when the angels had, you know, pool holes and these guys and that, and, and that, that guy and that guy and that guy. I mean, they had a team that was competing and expected to compete year in and year out and Artie would go and spend right yep. since then that hasn't really happened until this off season when it was like, well, maybe the angels are close to contending or maybe, you know, like this is Otani's last year. You almost have to contend with him. You know, it, it looks horrendously bad if Shohei Otani doesn't go to the playoffs as an angel and then goes somewhere else and goes to the playoffs his first year. So, I don't know. I, I look at it both ways. I get I get what you're his saying. His numbers hasn't changed, though. You know, like he sat around that 180, 190 range. This is the first he's year still, he's up in the two, 215, 220 range. But, the but like, he, he literally has sat in that 180, 190 range. So, like, it's hard for me to say, like, he doesn't want to put money into a team that he doesn't believe in because he's still they weren't ever one player away like we've talked about this so many times yeah. like when the angels signed josh hamilton the, the angels were josh hamilton away from like being a world series contender right you yeah. know like they went and they signed the best player on the market and it was like wow this team's gonna go and win a world series he went to the playoffs his first or second year and you know it obviously spiraled out of control and shit happened but um the angels were josh hamilton away you know they mm-hmm. Would have obviously been but nice. They spent money on Anthony Rendon. Like it, yes. it's not. It's not like he's yes. like he could have easily gone the uh, Cincinnati Reds way of doing business, where it's like, oh, we're not winning. We we had got all the way up to 180, but we don't see a future with this team. So we're gonna go from that 180 mark all the way down to that 105 mark yep. and just cut 75 million dollars of money. He never did that, and so that's why I think it's more of throwing shade at Cohen because of. You know, I just really think he hates Cohen. Yes, and why I my thing I'm gonna keep saying is not beating a dead horse. I we could continue to talk about this subject, Brock. What is your next thing? Because I want to keep the I want to keep this. Yeah, role. I mean, I got a few. Yeah. Um, so basically, I think it was a good sign that which I, I don't know if this has come out before. I haven't heard this before, but uh, that he told you know Perry and everyone else that he pretty much has a unlimited budget to improve lifestyle and improve things throughout the minor leagues, which is obviously a very positive thing, regardless of how you look at it, even if it's not an unlimited budget, but if the more money he's willing to put into the, 
the the minor leagues, the, the better off the organization is, the better the perception is, the better development you have. And I mean, there's an un, an unidentifiable number of things that you can benefit from by pouring money into your minor leagues. It's the way it always should be. Yeah. Yeah. And, and on top of that note, we talked to Ryan Costi last year who was in who was in low A uh, in Tri-City or high A, sorry, in Tri-City um, when he was basically like his first couple weeks there. And he was saying that, you know, we we asked him this. It was about the housing and granted everybody was given, getting housing last year, but it was like, wow, this is actually really nice. Like my mom, he literally said my mom would approve where I'm at, you know, and, and where I'm staying before this, I don't know if my mom would have ever approved of of some of the stuff we were doing, you know, sleeping in the minors. Obviously, like I know there were players sleeping in a uh, in a motorhome, in a in a motorhome mm-hmm. out in Inland Empire for a little while, you know, and that was that was that was crazy to hear that. So, yes, I think you know MLB is mandating some stuff, but I think we're I think we're seeing the fruits of the labor, um, you know, and and investing in the minor leagues, investing in the future, like we've talked about before. So, and you're seeing stuff around. Angel Stadium get get redone. You're seeing a new paint job. You're seeing some stuff at, at Spring Training Complex get done. So like I think he's fully investing. Like this might be the first year in a while that he's like actually fully investing in the Angels and not like oh let's just dip my toe in and like I, I'm doing my job but I'm not going above and beyond. So it is good to see that. Which I want to point out. I don't know how long ago it was, but I very particularly remember me saying something about when Artie Marino first put the team up and we were talking about like team up for sale. Yeah. And I remember we were talking about it and I said, this is going to go one of two ways. Either it's, he's going to sell and then whatever happens with the new owner is going to happen. There's no way to predict that obviously, because you don't know who's going to own it. Or I said that he's going to back out and he's going to come back and he's going to do things a lot differently. And I, I think actually want to be there. Right. Which is kind of, you could kind of pick that apart on some of his quotes. I want to say it was, I think it was a sports illustrated article where he kind of talked about the, the first group that came that wanted to potentially buy the team. He was like, Oh, you guys want to go out on the field. Right. And I'm picturing it in my head, right? Like you're flaunting this thing that you're so proud of, which is how he was, you know, saying it in the article, whether or not that's the truth or you want to believe that's the truth. That's a different discussion. But how he portrayed it is that this is a shiny thing, right? Where he's so proud of it. And he's like, hey, come look at the field and look at this. And they're like, nah, right? They're looking at it as a business. They're looking at it as I want to own the angels. I want to make money. I want to I want to have this shiny object, but I'm not really in it for the emotion, right? I'm in it for the, for the money. Yeah. So he kind of brought that up a little bit. And that kind of made me realize like, you know what? If he does come back and now he's he's doing the paint jobs, all the stuff that uh, Nate said, he's putting more money in the minor leagues. There was more money spent, right? He was doing that while the team was up for sale. But are we seeing a a, a shift in Artie Marino's type of ownership because he almost had this, for lack of a better term, ownership revelation where he realized what he had, right? And he almost, I don't want to say take it for granted, but I think that he wasn't going about it the right way. And I almost think that him putting it up for sale and going through that experience made him realize that. And it might be for the, for the best, you know, because I said that before too, if the angels get sold, everybody wanted the angels to get sold. Nobody wanted Arnie to be the owner anymore, but we don't know whether that would have been a good or a bad thing until it was already done. We could have had an owner that was way worse than Arnie. You don't, you always think the grass is greener, and then you get on the other side of the fence and you don't know what you're going to get until it's too late. And then how long we have to wait for the next guy. You have no idea. So I just, 
we'll have to see, but I think things are pointing in the right direction. I don't want to get my hopes up once again, but I'm hoping that maybe he had the light bulb flick on during this whole process and was like, shit, I've, I've been messing up. You know, I was, I was going to say, talk, talk, ask me next year, ask us next year and see how we feel about it. like, give me 365 days of, of Artie Moreno after, you know, his revelation. And, and let's see if, if he's still doing the same thing, if, if, you know, he's willing to put, uh, you know, money in to the team and, and everything. Well, I, I also, what I don't think is fair is I think people are going to use keeping Otani as the valuation of whether he changed or not. Yeah. That's going to be tough. I don't think that's going to be that. fair. Like, like we already talked about. Yep. It's it, especially when we don't know what goes on behind closed doors, but we will know for sure that it wasn't an arty thing. If Otani signs with the Dodgers of the Mets for $500 million or $600 million, something stupid, right? We know that's not going to be, but if Otani signs 350, 400, whatever, and you're like, damn, I mean, I guess it depends on the AAV, but I don't, I think I could picture that happening as fans are going to use Otani solely as that decision of deciding how they officially want to declare Artie in their, in their mind. Yep. And I don't think that'll be fair, but. Yep. yep. As we're running out of time here, last, last note here, Brock, what do you, what else did you take from these? Hmm. This one, this one, I just want to spout out there in case anybody didn't hear it. I don't really want to talk about this one, but um, I thought it was interesting for whoever didn't see it, that they, that he got at least a $3 billion offer for the team. Yeah. And with those offers, I don't know if it was included in the offer, but he also said that he wanted to maintain five to 10% of the team with the deal. So another thought to think of like, maybe he was not really ready to let go. And he has realized he messed up because he didn't want to let go from the beginning. Yep. He wanted to maintain a little, little chunk. Uh, but I think the last thing that would probably be interesting to talk about was that um, for whoever didn't see it, that they had five real I'll put that in quotations because we have no context here, but per Artie Marino, they had five real offers, trade offers for Otani. And then a direct quote also was that they will not trade Otani if the halos are contending. And on the other side of the script, they asked, well, if the angels are not contending, are you going to consider trading Otani? And he refused to answer that question, which is smart. It's kind of goes back to what Nate was saying. So with take that for what you will with that so let's let's think about this the five the five teams who who they probably were we can yankees, probably agree the padres yankees, mets, dodgers, dodgers. Padres. Who? that's yeah. four yankees mets dodgers padres that's four you had a fifth one. i already you know, the fifth. You know I braves know. red Sox. one of those two no the, the fifth one was the white Sox. that was oh. that already came out there you go the white Sox was that fifth one so they yeah those those are probably those five teams Having a get getting a return like Juan Soto. I mean, that's this is my final thought. Getting a return like Juan Soto wouldn't have been uh would not have been too bad. So is he a free not, agent? Not, after one, this not Juan Soto itself, but for what the what the Padres gave up. Oh, for I see Soto. what you're saying. Sorry, gotcha. I, I phrased that weird. What I was like, what I don't Padres want Soto. Guy, <laughs> yeah, what the Padres gave up for Juan Soto is yeah. uh is not bad, you know. So um we got any final thoughts here, Nate? I'll let you go first, and Brock, I'll let you take it away. Yeah, um, and this is going to sound weird, but but reading everything in these articles and things like that, Artie hasn't changed. Same same guy, literally same guy. Business first mindset. Yeah. Um, wants the superstar, and you know, trying to say the right things. What do you, what do you, 
What did he say? What did he call uh, Artie? Or not Artie. What did Artie? Yes. What did Artie call Shohei in the SI article? One of the best business. One of the best business. Business moves you can make. Yeah. yeah. I, I don't think Artie has changed. I think like everyone wants to make some some things because Artie spoke this, this time. And it's like, you know, he's the same guy he always has. And that's one thing that like you can't get upset about with Artie. He is Mr. Consistency. You know how much money he's going to spend. He's going to spend at least 190 every single year. Obviously, this year is a little bit different because of Otani, but um, he's going to spend right around that number. He's going to want to get a big superstar, and he's, he's going to want to do things that are business-related. Like, yes, he wants to win. Business is first. Winning is second. And I think you see it. Like, everything he talks about is, is all according to those notes. And so I, I think that... You know, it, it's the same old guy. Like, he, he's going to do some things to make it look a little better. Like, oh, I got to say the right things. I got to do the right things. But, like, you know, deep down, he is who he is. And he's the most consistent guy you can think of. Yeah, it was uh, it was promoter, by the way. The term I was looking for was the best oh. promoter in baseball. Um, Trey Turner, to answer another one of your things there, because I already wanted Trey Turner really bad. And then I also think it's Perry Manassian's job to find a way to balance that out. Yes, Artie is a businessman. We know that. Um, Artie, you know, he's the owner of the team. His job is to make money off the team. Um, Steve Cohen is a unicorn of owning. He wants to win as of right now, right? He wants to go win. He doesn't, he doesn't really care about anything else that could change down the road for sure. Um, so I think it's Perry's job to balance it out or a GM's job to balance it out and have that as, you know, just baseball side of stuff. So Brock, take it away. What do you got? Final thought. I mean, a tag on to what Nate said about, you know, business first, winning second. I think all of us should would be dumb to not realize that by this point. But I'll tell you one thing. I don't give a shit if he's business mindset or winning mindset. All I care about, whatever he wants to be, all I want to do is win. So whatever he needs to do on his end of the spectrum on to make him happy, but we still win, I could give a crap. I do not care if, if you know, and to be honest, even – you know, I go to, I don't, I don't go to nearly enough games as I should for living as close as I do. Honestly, I really like enjoying my own beer at home and watching it on my big TV at home. Sometimes I like to go to the game for the experience with friends, but dude, if you need to raise beer prices again, 10% to keep up with inflation and utilities and all the stuff you got to pay for to put us in a position where you want you as Artie Marino want to spend more, right? I'm not saying on one player, but do the type of spending that, that, that our GMs want to do and the fans want to do to put you in that business comfortable position, yep. raise the beers by 10%. What's the 10% to me or to you guys when you're buying a beer, right? If the beers are six bucks. What is that? What's 10% of six bucks? 6%. 60 cents. Yeah. So if six, if paying six sixty or even seven, which would be probably 18% somewhere in that ballpark, 18 to 20% somewhere around there. To pay an extra dollar for a beer or a dollar extra for a hot dog, like he is so hung up on that thought when he first came in, right? It's like, I cut the beer prices, right? And he thinks that that's still like holding his fan base strong where it's like, oh, well, that's who already was. No, none of us give a shit about that anymore, dude. I don't. What have you done for me lately? You know, I want to win. Nothing's happened lately. Like, cool, dude. I was like six when you cut beer prices, right? Like, and now it's like, I'm grown up. I'll pay $7 for a beer if I can win. So if you need to bring up the cost of things to where it's still affordable, it's not going to screw over the common, the common person, but it's going to put you in a position that you're comfortable spending more or doing however you need to do. That's fine. Put the business first. That's still business. Everything I just said is business. 
make more money, get us to win. That's all I care about. That's all I care about. Winning cures a lot. So with all that being said, guys, thank you so much for listening and watching. Uh, you can subscribe if you would like to. You can follow us on all our social mediums. You can follow myself on Twitter, Jared underscore Tim's Brock at BDROX8, Nate at NateGreen34. Guys, thank you so much for listening. Have a great rest of your day. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. Mail checks, invoices, documents, and everything you need to keep your business running. Get rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS. And with the mobile app, you can take care of mailing on the go. Make the same no-brainer decisions as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up at Stamps.com with code PROGRAM for a special offer. That's Stamps.com, code PROGRAM.